3: Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often.
4: David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah. I'm sure it's gonna get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 the score.
5: Levine to Buchevich shot. Blocked by Jaron Jackson out of bounds. That's his third blocked shot of the quarter, and he sent that flying near midcourt. you going to Williams, turns the corner, to the rack, and a right-handed dunk, bringing the Bulls players off the bench. Boots topside three, got it, another but that, here come the Bulls, big time. 68-61 Bulls yep. by seven. Left wing Jackson 4-3. Got it. Oh. Jaron Jackson Jr. His first made three in three attempts. Wow. He's got 16. He had 11 in the first quarter. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to launch another three. Back to back threes. Third Jaron Jackson Jr. You got to be kidding me. Wow. He came in shooting 34 percent. Moran dancing. Moran with a wild Ooh. shot and scores. Wow. penetration by Jean Moran, creating, dancing, and finishing. He's got 30. And this game is over. Memphis wow. stops a three-game slide. In the meantime, the Bulls, in their efforts to win four in a row for the first time this season, goes for naught. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m.
6: So we'll see how it plays out between now and Thursday. On 670
0: The Score. Just to confirm with you guys, today is Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday, right? Let's
4: go. Murray and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good Wednesday morning. It is Wednesday. Mark
0: Grody is here for Molly today. Good morning, Mark Grody. How are you? Good. Huh? The Bulls just don't want to get back to 500. I mean, I was ready to reset with them. Like, all right, this will be their fourth straight win. They'll be 500, which is usually a good launching point. And, but no. Did that ruin your Wednesday night? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was the only thing going. That was interesting from a local you perspective. You were watching the
4: Hawks. You were going back and forth between the Hawks um, and the, the Ducks. I know. You See, you even had to look at the sheet to find yeah. out if they won <laughs> or lost. They lost in overtime.
0: The only thing I write down on my sheet for the Blackhawks when they play Instead of score and details, is Connor Bedard? That's what I write yeah. down. But every single. Tankathon dot
4: com too. That might be good uh, uh, Ken-
0: well, tool. Can it be Connor? Uh, no, it was all Bulls for me last night, and then into the into the later portion of the evening, it became LeBron. So the Bulls lose
4: to Memphis down uh, there in Tennessee, and I think we'll get to that in a moment. It was a newsy night, Mark Grody. It was a newsy night, and I want to start with obviously. There's some things that have happened besides the Bulls. The local interest, obviously, with the trade deadline tomorrow, we know what we're talking about, and we'll continue to look at that throughout the show. We've got a great show today. But LeBron James became the all-time leading scorer last night, and he did it with a step-away uh, jumper with 10 seconds left in the third quarter. They lose that game. The game stops. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gives him a hug. You stayed up late to watch it. I saw it and then went to bed. And it was one of those things now that LeBron James becomes the all-time leading scorer, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 38,387 points. Now he is the greatest scorer of all time. What was your biggest takeaway from watching LeBron James make history last night?
0: I mean, God, I'm so... I'm conflicted on it because I, I am a, I'll say I am an admitted protector of the Jordan. And I know that the the all-time points list really doesn't have to have anything to do with Michael Jordan because he was never the top, sc- well, he was on individual years, but he was never atop that list. But unfortunately for me, David, and maybe this isn't fair to LeBron, Michael Jordan is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of LeBron James. Like, then you start the comparing, and has LeBron James closed the gap? Is the gap the shut now with Jordan? So, that's the first, like, if you want to know the first thing, I think it is MJ. Well, that is is. the focus
4: of most people in Chicago. That was the uh, place that Shaquille O'Neal went with LeBron James when they talked to the king. I guess, can we call him the king now? Because he is the... The king of all scorers. He's the
0: king of points. He's
4: the king of points. Yeah, fair enough. And that king was of what points. came up uh, post game when Shaquille O'Neal interviewed LeBron.
5: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it. But it's great. It's great barbershop co- uh, talk. You know, oh, no, no, I, I want to hear you say listen, it, big Bron, fella, Bron. Listen, big fella, I, 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 I want to hear you say it, Bron. Bron. Me personally, I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, decide who, they, who, who their favorite is. But um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night and, and what, I can, what I can do out on this floor. So... Um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game. But, you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their, uh, part of their journey.
4: LeBron James with Shaquille O'Neal after surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What, will, what would you expect him to say? Oh, he slid it in at the end. That will be <laughs> definitely on brand. Oh, yeah. If you become the NBA's all-time leading scorer and you're asked in that moment on that night, to put yourself in historical perspective,
0: yeah, I'm going to say I'm the best. But he started off with humility and modesty. Hey, I'm going to leave that up to all you guys to talk about. And then at the end, he goes into, yeah, I, I would put myself up there with the greatest of all time for sure. But you sure. get that, Absolutely. Right? And you know what? He, he's got some more fuel to the fire to say that. But I would retort with, yeah, Michael Jordan had 10 scoring titles. Uh, LeBron James, I think, only has one in his life. Like, if you really want to do the scoring title breakdown thing per capita, MJ can. It's it's fun to compare. Yeah, there, there but are, if we're doing this, are, we're doing this. There are you know? ways
4: to to look at. Then the LeBron people will come back, and there are LeBron people out there that believe he is, you know, maybe just a, a, a touch above, only because he has won at three different places. and he he went to three different franchises
0: but he lost five times in the finals but he got to the finals he
3: got to the finals
4: (laughs) i'm not making the argument because i know better Uh, than to try to do that and i don't believe that anyway but i'm just looking at the other side of the the argument we'll lean into that during the pick six because we have a yeah an interesting question for the extra point i kind of
0: hate myself for it though like i don't know how you feel like i can never and i'm getting better as i get older at separating LeBron James from Michael Jordan and just looking at those two spectacular entities that we don't necessarily have to put up against each other, but it is what we do. And, you know, the like... The comparison you,
4: part? Don't, don't hate yourself for comparing and contrasting. Well, no, it's not, it's, no, no, no no, what no, we no, do. no,
0: no, no, it's not that. It's sort of my, my childishness of I'm going to get, I'm, I'm telling you right now... Jordan is gets the benefit of the doubt in every way, shape, or form because I'm biased because I watched every single Bulls game when Jordan played here. So I I like it's the way, I don't know if it's like the the worst part of me or as a sports fan to like immediately go to oh well that was enjoy your little accomplishment Isn't that Jordan a was better thing, though? It, it is it is and that's what I mean like I don't like that that's what naturally instead of appreciating what LeBron James has done and it is spectacular my meathead bull's brain goes right to, oh, well, Jordan had 10 scoring titles. Jordan had six MVPs in, in his finals and won them all. You know, it goes on and on and on with what Jordan, the common I mean, MVP. Well, actually, what it is. It's
4: a fun comparison, and I, ne- I never begrudge anybody from claiming one guy is greater than the other. you, you can, Everyone is entitled to that opinion. The only thing I don't like when the conversation starts to – veer toward the disparagement of LeBron James because he doesn't measure up in people's minds to Michael Jordan. I don't think that's always fair because LeBron James, for as long as he has been in the spotlight, for as long as, and he's been continuously there for the better part of the last two decades, for as long as he has been in the spotlight, he, you don't have to like everything that he says and all that he represents necessarily in terms of his opinion, but he has handled himself remarkably responsibly and that is to be commended i think he is somebody who who has been professional he is a, a consummate businessman he can be shrewd he can be calculated but he has never been to me i don't think he's embarrassed himself in a way that somebody who has had as many opportunities to embarrass himself might Mm-hmm. given his status and stature. In well, the game. and
0: especially coming off of another tantrum from Kyrie Irving, another episode. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like you think it's- of like a guy like that and like some of the crap that James Harden has put teams, through. like I think of Kyrie Irving. And James Harden as like the antithesis of LeBron James, like just bad for. Like I, I'll say, I, I don't mind saying, I can't wait until Kyrie Irving's skills start to drop and he's no good anymore. Like straight up, he's a pain in the ass wherever he goes, whatever he does in the NBA. And you know, then, then you juxtapose that with what LeBron James and, has done. You're to your point. Absolutely. And the Mavericks
4: deserve everything that's going to happen to them in the next 18 months <laughs> because gonna get something it too. will.
3: They're going to get it. They will
4: get it. Yeah. So I don't want to make this necessarily a celebration of LeBron James. I know better. I'm looking outside. We are in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: don't want to hear all but that. All I morning. do
4: think the comparisons are apt, and we're going to oh, have some fun with the pick huge. six, looking at LeBron versus Jordan and. I understand why it was the first question that he was asked by by Shaq. That's a great – they did a great job handling that whole story. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad it's over, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the idea that like people are saying, well, he might pace himself and – do it and, like come on, like that that that's ridiculous. That's making a mockery out of it. so good for good for LeBron to score what he ended up with. Thirty eight points last night, although his squad his squad lost last Dustin
6: night. Dustin looks pained. Well, uh-huh. do you want to do this now or late? I mean, so he scores his he needed thirty six yeah. to pass him. Right. Thirty six behind. Yep. He does that with ten seconds to go in the third. Three quarters. He finishes mm-hmm with two more points and they lose the game. They lose the game. They're not in the playoffs in the West right now. They're very bad. I I mean, bad team. There's not a chance in the world that if Michael Jordan was about to set a record like that, number one, that the bulls would have lost that night. But but, number two, that he would have scored two more points in in the fourth
4: quarter. Maybe, Dustin, in fairness, though, LeBron is on a team that is the equivalent of one of Jordan's '80s, mid-'80s teams. They're bad. They stink. I'm not going to hold it against the entire – everything that happens to the Lakers against LeBron James at this stage of his career. They They shouldn't beat the Oklahoma City because they're not good enough to. And two more points – I get it. Yeah, you would have won. Two
6: more, that's the problem. My problem with it is that David, it's the. It's not even that they lost. You're right. The team's not good. The roster's no good. But he scored 36 in three quarters and then scores two more points in a game the that team his blows. team lost by three.
0: <laughs> He's not a good
6: player. Now, that's again. I'm not saying that either. Yeah. I'm not. No, I be know. You're like, me. You're, no, you're like you. me. you're kind right. of like me. You're like me. But Casey Johnson wrote a great column this morning. And I had to think about it this morning. It's the first thing I read. Second thing I read this morning. I was waiting for the shower to warm up. TMI. (laughs) And it's like Casey Johnson saying, hey, embrace this. Like, I don't want to embrace it. Casey's right, though. He's probably right. Casey's always had an appreciation for
4: LeBron. He's always respected his game and the way he's handled himself. And he's exactly right. I think that you're looking for something to be uh, upset about. When LeBron James passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they stopped the game for 10 minutes. They interrupted the flow. He's he's not a young man. You might have taken him a while to get going again.
0: And Kareem came over stilting up to him with the basketball, holding it over his head, and then handing it to him. And there's been some awkwardness between LeBron James. Like, LeBron James recently saying that he has no relationship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, Kareem
4: has not always been kind. Right. Uh, He said in, in terms of evaluating LeBron's public face and some of his comments. And I think that's an interesting uh, subplot.
0: I think so. That's really interesting. And I, I found it heartening that they were both. And this is one of the things about LeBron. LeBron has always been an adult for the most part. And he was an adult when LeBron, when Kareem came out there to be one of the first people to greet him and pass the bat. I don't know what he was doing. Was he passing the torch? Is that what he was doing? I'm not quite sure what that was. Yeah, I don't know what that was. A little awkward,
4: wasn't it? He's so tall, by the way. I would have loved to have seen LeBron do a sky hook to break the record. That would have been better than a step back jumper. Do the sky hook as the ultimate tribute. And then he could have scored as many or as few points as he wanted afterward. And nobody would have cared. They would have focused on the sky hook.
0: Dude, that is so good. Did were you thinking that last night? Or I was thinking this, that last this night. This has come up because I was good. thinking
4: that LeBron is so orchestrated to everything that he yeah, does. Right, the yeah. show, the, the 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 decision, all the things that are so orchestrated as as his life unfolds in front of us. That he might have scripted a skyhook in there. Well,
0: he did say, I, I don't know if he was talking to the Oklahoma City bench or whom he was speaking to, but it was like on mic saying you know what's coming and so then you could surmise what was coming and it was the step back elbow jumper like one of his classic lebron moves. so i guess that's what we knew was coming i
4: was disappointed he only scored two more because this is a guy that at his age put up 36 and three quarters that's that's production that's frightening and 38 texter jumping on me saying lebron has two other future hall of famers on that laker team stop it Look, that's not the Russell Westbrook that made himself into a Hall of Famer. Oh, Jesus. I mean, and like, Anthony Davis has one good leg.
0: If, if, if any fan base right now can relate to All Stars underachieving, it's the one that plays in Chicago. Yeah, thank you.
4: Yeah. Dustin, again, pained. About, Everything that I've yeah. said this morning so far in 17 minutes has created an anguish no, look it's on Lebr- his face. No,
0: it's Lebron. I mean, you le- you gotta yeah. like that I'm here today because yeah. you and I are seeing the same. There's nothing alarming about you today at all, Dustin. Dead blood. I tell you right now, no, it's all good. You and I, look at me, Dustin. You and I were on the same page. I appreciate yeah. it. Cody. Yeah. Yeah. that's all right. All right, you were looking down, like like you didn't want to listen. <laughs> all right, we we yeah. will get to plenty of Lebron comparisons. Look at my eyes. look at me me when I talk to you Hey, look at me look at me look at me I'm looking
4: forward to the Jordan question and how you answer that in the pick six and extra point Grody so oh yes I'm glad you're here today also big news last night sad news um after uh the LeBron ceremony uh we learned in Chicago that we lost a sports and business and civic icon Andrew McKenna died at the age of 93 years old And the name may sound vaguely familiar to some people who might be of a certain age, maybe too young to know just how big of a deal Andy McKenna was in Chicago. Not only in the business community, owned a paper company and was very philanthropic. He was a a civic leader, and that was a big part of his life. Family man, uh, seven kids, I believe. But he was a Chicago sports power broker. This is a man whose legacy includes being the chairman of the White Sox when Jerry Reinsdorf bought the team. The chairman of the Cubs, who brought Jim Finks to the Cubs in 1984. He bought 20% of the Bears with Jim his. Jim Finks friend. to the Cubs? Yes.
0: Oh, I didn't. Did I know that? Jim Finks yeah. was with the Cubs.
4: Yes, he was. Wild. Great and Nugget, thank you. <laughs> just, I'm here for you, yeah, Brody. Yeah. Then bought 20% and owns 20% of the Bears along with Patrick Ryan. Mm-hmm. Aon. Sure. So he has 20% ownership of the Bears, which is why George McCaskey issued a statement um, sending his condolences to the family last night. And Andy McKenna was also on the board at Notre Dame. So when you look at the reach that he had and you knew if you covered sports in Chicago, the power that he wielded, you knew that you wanted to know Andrew McKenna. And he was somebody who whose presence was felt. And he was kind, he was funny, and he was impactful. So condolences to the McKenna family because he will be missed by a lot of different people, and his absence cannot go overlooked, even though it's not controversial. There's nothing about it that we can – there's no hot take about it, but you do feel – uh, a sense of loss in Chicago because Andy McKenna was as
0: class as they came. I do have a hot take on Andy McKenna. He's living the he lived the dream. Like if you if you're somebody who earns their money and obviously made millions in his life, and then he's like. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to invest in Chicago sports. And you know what? Notre Dame, too. So that he's, he's living the life like a lot of sports fans probably think. You know, if I was rich, I would buy the bull. Well, he's got it right. He's like, <laughs> I got all this dough. I'm just going to do a little bit here, he a little bit there. He enjoyed his
4: role. Good for him, man. Yeah. Good for him. He did, and he had, a, he had a hand in a little bit of everything um, except for the Bulls. And that brings us to what happened last night in Memphis. Bulls fall short. You know, Grody, the first half, you thought, well, okay, second game, they looked a little bit sluggish, and you expected maybe them to start slow, and they did. Third quarter, lights out. They were hitting threes, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, they might steal this game. They might go into the trade deadline on a four-game winning streak, the longest in a year, and all of these kinds of possibilities start floating in your head. And then the fourth quarter happened. Zach Levine stopped playing. He missed seven free throws last night. How does that happen for somebody uh, of his stature? I don't think that you expect Zach Levine to go eight for fifteen from the free throw line. But bottom line is the Bulls lose to the Grizzlies by fifteen and go into the trade deadline kind of limping.
0: When last night when the game got into the eighties and it was kind of it was a one point game. It's going back and forth for a minute. That's when I knew it wasn't sustainable last night because of Demar Derozan not playing. And I know, like, we're tired of talking about the Bulls losing because players aren't there, Lonzo Ball. But the biggest reason the Bulls didn't win last night was Demar Derozan. Like, they it got to that point where it's like, all right, your best guys against our best guys. And all of a sudden, like you said, Zach Levine was draining shots in the third quarter. Vucevic and Vucevic had a nice night overall, but he too heated up in the third, and then the Bulls lost by ten in the fourth quarter. At least that's what Vuce that had twenty eight and seventeen.
4: It's a terrific night for Vuce. He was feeling
0: it. I mean, think, I mean, and the, other than the free throws missed, I guess Levine wasn't terrible last night. But you're missing DeRozan in that game so you know I, I
4: was aggressive he yeah. had a nice uh, start and he you like what he, you saw from him have to wonder this at when you saw that DeMar DeRozan was not going to play with a hip injury and you saw the way and the ease with which they won the night before how long did it take for you to wonder if DeMar DeRozan not playing was related to the fact that the trade
0: deadline is <laughs> oh. Thursday afternoon. I didn't think of it that way. I'll be honest with you. Like, I I've, thought of it right I, away. Really? I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. I did but wonder, I, but it seems like he is the least the, the name that you hear least with the Bulls in terms of somebody that has value. Let's that they be might honest trade. here.
4: Let let's be honest here. If the Bulls pull off a deal, the kind of which is is one of these big three involved deals, you're not going to hear. The rumors about it, Arturis Karnashovas is is keeping everything so close to the vest. He's just going to get the sense that if they're going to make a deal, we're all going to be surprised. And we're going to say, oh, boy, I didn't didn't know they were involved. Yeah, didn't know he was capable of doing that. Boy, he traded him to that team? Oh, wow, hadn't seen that rumor. This is a guy that's not going to show his cards.
0: Well, did. Then, then maybe you answered the question. He's not going to, he's not going to show his cards by not playing Demar Derozan. So that would be showing his cards. And I guess, I guess the cards now say that there's no way Vucevic will be traded, as he had a full night last night. Same with Zach Levine. If I don't you're, think they're you're, going game to game with this though.
4: Yeah. You, as Billy Donovan said, we'll get to that quote later. You know who you are after 50 games. It's not like they're going to like sit down and watch the 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 Grizzlies Bulls game and say I. I whatever happens tonight, that will dictate what I do on Thursday. I don't think
0: that's the case. It's such a great question you just brought up. Do the Bulls know who they are? I mean, that's the question for our Taurus Karnašovas. Do do they know who they are, and they're they're and they're waiting to maximize what they are. Or is it? Do they know who they are and it's bad, and they're going to blow it up? Whether it's at the trade deadline, which I doubt, or after the season, I, I really wonder deep down inside. I know what they want
4: to be. They want to be a team that can win a playoff series. They want to yeah. be a team that goes deep, and I think they believe that they can do that best by keeping the court together. Think, That's the way I feel this yeah, morning. Yeah,
0: this is what they wanted—want this core to succeed, but. I don't see how we can all sit here and analyze it and know and understand justifiably that this ain't it and the Bulls are not seeing the same We may thing.
4: not know, but we're going to analyze it anyway. That's why Mark Grody is here from Mully today. We're going to talk Bulls. We're going to talk Bears. We're going to talk Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was talking again about the Bears on Tuesday. We'll hear what he had to say. We'll cover it all in the Pick 6, which is next. Mully and Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, 67 to the score. Look at me.
2: I'm the captain now.
1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: It's Pick 6 with Molly and Haw where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at
1: 312-644-6767 or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Hall. Pick six with Mully and Haw starts now.
6: Now that the Bulls are officially done playing all their games before tomorrow's trade deadline, what is your recommendation for a K to proceed? One, blow it up. Two, add a strategically but keep the big three intact. How different is what you're recommending and what you expect the Bulls to do? Well, the Pick 6 is
4: brought to you by Finishing Chicago. All great finishes start with finishingchicago.com. I think the Bulls at this stage of the season – They really are who they're going to be, and that is a bundle of inconsistency, a collection of players who on one night are going to look like they're capable of winning the Eastern Conference and on the next night look like they belong in the lottery. You just don't know. You just don't know because they don't protect the basketball, and they do things that defy logic. I have no idea how Zach Levine can, on the third quarter, hit a shot from 35 feet, a deep three, and then finish – 8-15 8-15 of 15 from the free throw line. That is indicative and reflective of everything that is maddening about this Bulls team. So, I don't know that you, uh, I would be against them blowing it up, but I don't think it's realistic. I don't think that's in AK's nature. I, he has made some bold moves, but I also think he wants to see it through. Yes, Vooch is out of contract at the end of the year. The one thing we haven't considered or really discussed yet is that, what if they want to bring him back? What if they want to bring in... Uh, bring Vooch back as an unrestricted free agent, meet his price, and keep and run and run, run the whole big three back next season because they can. I don't know if that's the case. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's what I would do. I would try to add strategically. I don't think, upon further review, that I would blow it up.
6: Uh, they are so maddening to watch last night. I mean, 14 points to start the quarter well number one down double digits at the half a fantastic third quarter a fantastic night for Vooch and at one point I'm thinking boy who needs DeRozan you know what they need to do they need to really just keep feeding the ball into Vooch I mean this other team's got this Ja Morant guy who's you know a top five talent right now in the NBA and look at what the Bulls are doing and then the fourth quarter came and another 14 points I don't know if AK knows what to do. This team is so hard to figure out. I, I, it's it's absolutely maddening, and, and I think uh, to me, a, a flare went off. David, you and I texted. You mentioned it in the first segment of the show this morning. You know, uh, just DeRozan sitting out with a sore hip on the eve of the trade deadline. Oh, pick just my curiosity. Ma- just just makes me just makes me wonder. Just makes me wonder what is going on.
0: Yeah, with. You know, DeRozan out last night. Again, I thought another opportunity blown for Zach Levine last night. It seems like he has had these opportunities this year when DeMar DeRozan hasn't played to be the guy who you get on and you win with. And just in that little microcosm last night, Levine couldn't. He got hot in the third and then made what I thought was one of the biggest turnovers of the game, I think it was in the fourth quarter, on an inbound pass. He gets it, turns it over, and Memphis scores on the other end to make it 90-82, and I just use that to kind of set up these questions. Blow it up, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see them blowing it up at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to do anything dramatic. I think that if they do do stuff like that, it's going to be – at the end of the season um so i i hate it because it's it's frustrating and a conundrum that we're all dealing with when it comes to these bulls they got three legitimate all-stars on their team four if you want to throw andre drummond in and they can't get it with what's this the team. ceiling
4: with this team as constituted
0: <laughs> what's the ceiling I, I think the ceiling is maybe they could win one playoff series. okay that's it
4: yeah.
0: that's a great question Haw.
6: <laughs> About midway through the Super Bowl week with the Bears sideline reporter, Mark Rody, in the house. Bears. What is your favorite Bears-related story or connection to the big game this year? I, and if you want, what's oh, your oh, least favorite? Thanks.
0: Um, it's Matt Nagy. The Matt Nagy story, I think, is, is great. I can't get favorite enough it. Favorite or this. least favorite? The favorite. That's your favorite? Favorite. David, let me explain to you why. Okay. The South Africa okay. trip? <laughs> no, no. Look at me. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. I everybody nobody has closure yet with Matt Nagy. We're still I think we talked about this the last time (laughs) I worked with you that we still have not gotten over because you know why? Why? Because the NFL doesn't stop. There is no time to get over it. And it all happens so fast. He's gone. The breakup occurs. And then you bring in the new Matt and the new Ryan. And then here we are at the Super Bowl and we have to go back and we have to relive. I, I am here for every word of it. As I guess it is my reporter instinct, having covered that team, that I do want to know exactly what was going on with Matt Nagy, and, and I, I'm getting little tiny answers to it. Not fulfilled yet, though. That's the whole thing. I'm, I'm still – I am insatiable. Wake for... me when
4: you're fulfilled.
0: <laughs> you don't care about Matt Nagy. So that, is, that must be the story you hate, but we'll find out. I don't really hate any of the story. I like Robert Quinn, too, as, as the runner-up because, you know – Robert Quinn is my guy. He's, your He's guy. my guy. He's like my friend. Yeah.
6: Bears. I forgot about Robert Quinn until NFL opening night and a couple of Chicago media types catching up with him. I, I forgot that he was on the field. He's not my Bears all-time leading sack Whatever. record holder. Okay, he's just just not. Grody, you and I are going to disagree. Yeah, I
0: do. I love uh, Dick
6: Dent, but come on. On that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I love when he came on the score and he was promoting, like, furnaces and d- wouldn't speak a word about football, only wanted to talk furnaces. You talk about
0: Richard Dent? Yeah, that was a timer Oh, you have timer. to go, go back and listen. I did timer. an interview with him two years ago. That was an all-timer. It was during the pandemic, and I had him on for like an uh, almost two hours. Come on. I remember that. It was incredible. I remember that. You blew the clock and everything. Oh, we blew the clock, and it was just going on. Like I was like, oh. I don't think it was Sean Sears producing. He's like, hey, can you try the 20 break goes by, the 40 break goes by? Because Dent (laughs) was just dishing, and I'm pretty sure he was sipping red wine. You know how many public service announcements you had to cancel that day? Oh, my God. (laughs)
6: <laughs> buckle up it's the
0: law i got a i got a bill for four thousand five hundred and thirty two dollars the next day for, for <laughs> banging through all the breaks <laughs>
4: okay so, so, so
6: right, i'm sorry go ahead my favorite and it. least favorite story ahead of yesterday was matt naggy because of sorry. what grody said I, I think you could have both but after patrick mahomes saying, well, maybe my dad is having a little maybe too much Patron every time I score a touchdown, and he's a little foggy on exactly what happened. So I found it interesting. He was told, according to Mahomes, the player, that if the Bears took a quarterback but they weren't planning to take a quarterback, he would be the quarterback selected. So he cleared that up, and I'm glad that there were uh, Chicago people with boots on the ground because we said – right i i had said i think last week i said i hope somebody from chicago during one of these sessions can get patrick mahomes like a follow up to that and we got what we asked for so that's my favorite story right now but I, it's only david it, it's 6:10 in the morning on wednesday we still got a couple of days
4: i respect where you both are coming from i'll start with my favorite then i go to my least favorite my favorite isn't a person or a player as much as it is a concept in terms of the bears connection i'd like to see what Jalen hurts has done. And I like to compare what that means in terms of Justin Fields potential. I like the parallels, even though it might be a bit of a reach. I like looking at the Eagles and envisioning. That's what the bears can be. That's who the, the, that's who the bears want to be when they grow up. You have Justin Fields get making a step next year. That is similar to the one Jalen hurts made. I like those comparisons. They have very similar statistics running the football Uh, they both carried 160 times this year. They're both similar in makeup. I like those parallels. I like that comparison. That's my favorite Bears-related theme for this Super Bowl because you can lean into it, and it's about looking ahead. I hate looking back. Mm. I'm enough. I am done, so done with the Matt Nagy stuff. Why do people care what he has to say? I I like Matt Nagy. If he was at a bar, I'd go buy him a beer and sit down next to him, and we'd have a good conversation because he's affable, he's likable. But I don't care what went wrong. Why? It went wrong.
0: Dude, we spent spent year after year after year, year, day after day, trying to figure out what was going on. The 2017 draft, please. Don't you want answers? We're still breaking
4: down the 2021 draft. That was so long ago. I don't care about which Mahomes thought they were getting a phone call from Ryan Pace. Dave, there I needs really to be indictments.
0: There needs to be indictments no, they're handed down closure. for crimes in the I, past. I'm so done with that stuff. Dude, Let's look ahead. We, Stop looking back. Dave, we talked about that stuff every day trying to figure out what was going. Why couldn't yeah. he Why couldn't he develop we did. Mitch we, Trubisky? We beat it why, to death. Why could – but we never got – And it's dead. Uh, we still don't know. Dead. I still don't know how Matt Nagy felt about Mitch Trubisky or even Justin Fields, and I know he was fluffing him yesterday but i I, I, we don't even know half the story yet haw so buckle in pal
6: i mean 100 percent there's no question about that okay an nfl hypothetical who has a better chance of becoming a head coach quickest luke Getze, the former offensive coordinator coming off a 14 loss season or are we allowed to say his name david (laughs) i don't know we gonna get a fine in the tip jar
0: gonna set him off mn He's he's steaming out That's of okay. his flannel no, right now.
7: We can,
6: we the can former and in the past and don't want to hear about him. Yeah. Bears coach fired after a 34 and 31 record. We'll both eventually be head coaches in I'm, the NFL.
4: I'm fine with spinning ahead, looking ahead oh, and, and projecting. Mr. Futures and over predicting. here. Yeah. Oh, I,
6: progressive.
4: I don't know if Matt Nagy is going to be a head coach again. I, I was more curious about that aspect of the interview, if it came up, and I'm looking forward to talking to Patrick Finley at nine o'clock, who was there front and center, Pat, because I think that if I'm Matt Nagy, that's the main reason I went to Kansas City to reinvent myself. I don't care about what went wrong in Chicago; we all lived through that. But I think Lugetti is the guy. The answer to this question, I think he is the, the most likely to become a head coach, even if the Bears don't have the kind of playoff success that they typically need for a coordinator to get a promotion I think that he's considered an up-and-comer he could interview well and he if he commands the room during those interviews he's going to get hired his future is tied to the progression of Justin Fields and I do think that Justin Fields could progress to the point where Luke Getze gets a head coaching job
6: we have to want it to be Luke Getze because David I do think not only are they connected but if if Justin Fields does well, that's going to be good things for Luke Getze. You know, let's hope we get in a situation where we can bring up the dreaded question. Should we fire Matt Eberflus so that Luke Getze doesn't get away? Okay? Should, like, let's hope that that's a, a conversation that we can have right here on the Mully and Haw show. But, um, I, I, you know, I would be shocked if Matt Nagy got another chance. The only the, Here's the only way I see Matt Nagy getting a chance is – um, the current offensive coordinator takes some advice from be others. The yeah. enemy. And he goes somewhere where he can actually be the play caller because Andy Reid is clearly the guy with the laminated sheet. And then Andy Reid says, okay, you know what? Hands off. Matt, I'm not going to hold a laminated sheet. I'll have a, little, a little, little reporter's notebook with a pen like Matt Eberflus does. Here's my laminated sheet and you can call plays. And if that works out, then maybe but I I don't see a scenario where Matt Nagy is a head coach in the NFL I could see him in college or, I could see him in college let's face it the arena league is back arena stay, off. Stay, stay the quarterback coach of Patrick Mahomes if you're gonna do that
0: imagine Mahomes in that league all right let me set you guys straight here real quick okay. on all this stuff here okay. um look Matt and I've been predicting this on the air you may or may not have heard it because I'm on all sorts of different times so I'll just say it, that I believe that Matt Nagy will be the next head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that he will succeed Andy Reid someday, no matter how much he's hated around here. And clearly we are learning how much David Haw hates. No, that's so wrong. Hates. Matt Nagy. I hate the
4: idea of revisiting the past. You hate Matt Nagy. And relitigating that tenure. But
0: yeah. I, I, I like your hot take there. Let your anger out, young Jedi. Okay. But I, I do, I, I seriously think that, that that is a prediction that will uh, hold up. And look, hey, Matt Nagy, no matter what you want to say about him, the dude is a salesman. I mean, he sold us. He, he is a you know, gregarious personality who sells himself well. He in, obviously interviews well, and they love him in KC. So I do believe that he will be a head coach. you think he sold his house? <laughs> remember that house with the gym somebody would buy that kick-ass the, the house the bears themed locker room it's the greatest house. I, I think I, you sold that house oh, I, oh absolutely you don't think that there's some couple like young couple with money in their 30s and some <laughs> bro who's like dude honey we gotta get this house it's a bears gym <laughs> the house is paid. Oh, absolutely. I thought that was one of the best parts about Matt Nagy and the way finding out that he's like has this Bears house. I was now, like, see, that's awesome. If Pat Finley to' ask him that, I'd be interested. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll find out from Pat a little bit later. And the Getze stuff, ridiculous. I mean, I said it in real time when it was happening last year when people started saying, oh, Dustin Fields just ran for 150 yards. Should Luke Getze be a head coach? No! He's checking boxes. Why do you hate Luke Getze? <laughs> Well done. Well
5: done. I'll be able to answer that question to you in about six months.
6: On Tuesday, Governor Pritzker distanced himself from a legislative proposal in Springfield that would have frozen tax assessments for up to 40 years on major developments in Arlington Heights. Like the Bears' potential new stadium, Pritzker said, I honestly do not think that the public has an obligation to fund this major way of private business. Have we gotten ahead of ourselves with the Bears move.
0: I don't think we've gotten ahead of ourselves, but it just shows like this isn't the first time that the Gov has uttered something similar to this, and it's his job to protect the taxpayers and make it as easy on them as possible and there's not one person in the area that wants to hear about in as much as they may support the bears coming there nobody wants their taxes increased in any way shape or form and don't want to have to dole out the dough especially in this time like thinking about that kind of stuff so this doesn't surprise me i figured that there would be snags like this that would get in the way i think it's also fair to point out that Things could change as as time goes on, and this is all a fluid situation when it comes to that, and who's going to pay and who's not going to pay. But you know, I, I, of course, it's the it's the agonizing part of this process when it really gets down to it. It's fun to talk about the the advantages of the Bears moving to Arlington Heights, but it's not fun to talk about the financial logistics and hula hoops that are, the Bears are going to have to go through, and the public, and the governor, and David Hawk.
6: Yeah, this is not a fun conversation. Um, I, I will. Agree, I'll just say this. I, I agree with the quote. I, I don't think the public has an obligation to fund this major way of a private. Did he business. rip your question? Is that <laughs> I think he just ripped the question. <laughs> well, I just. I mean, you know, again, this this is something going backwards at this station, and not only this station, but talk radio. You know, oh, the McCaskies—they could have been so much smarter. They could be multi-billionaires. I, you know, again, like I, I don't want to have a conversation about billionaires getting tax breaks, and it, you know, again, I, I need a bottom line. Like in my the the state income tax that Dustin Rhodes gets taken out of his check from Odyssey, how much of that is now going to the McCat? If you can break that down for me, then I'm going to have an opinion on whether or not I'm upset about it. Or not.
0: I kind of like, like the way Tom Ricketts did things in the end when they just decided, they decided to buy everything and, and they did make it, make it all, put it all. And, and
4: that wasn't fun either to work through. That wasn't a conversation that anybody really relished or said, all right, let's have this talk now, but it's necessary. This is, this is how the sausage is made. You have to have these conversations. You have to ask these questions. Frankly, you've got to hold these people accountable. You cannot let this go without having that, that kind of scrutiny with every step along the way. So when Governor Pritzker distanced himself from this first proposal, that is significant because if he did it the other way, And he said, well, you know what? Well, with the Bears, it's important to get them in Arlington Heights and whatever they want or suggested that, we'd have a reaction. So we should have the same kind of interest, I think, in every step of the process because it's so important that this gets done the right way. And it's so important that it gets done like the Cubs' uh, renovation of Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville in a way that doesn't straddle taxpayers with this debt that goes on for decades That is why you have to have these conversations. As boring as they might seem to some of us, or as difficult as it might be to to the rest of us, they're necessary.
6: Pick six. The Pro Bowl games drew a 6.28 million viewers, according to SportsMediaWatch.com, outdrawing the NHL All-Star game by nearly 5 million viewers. By comparison, game one of the Stanley Cup finals last summer drew 2 million fewer viewers. How do you explain this?
4: I can't. I I, I I wish that I could. The Pro Bowl, as we talked on Monday, was the biggest waste of time that I can think of in front of a television set, and I only spent about thirty minutes watching it. I can't think of another thirty minutes that I've wasted watching TV more than I did watching the Pro Bowl games and watching you know men, grown men, run around grabbing flag, playing flag football. Like they're at, like 12-year-olds at a park. Who cares? I can't believe they got six – they duped 6.28 million people into watching this nonsense. And only 2 million people Or I don't – the Stanley Cup Finals game one had 4 million people only? I don't understand that. I like hockey, though. So I don't I know, know why we do. have to – why do we have to pick on hockey in this question? You Th- these yeah. questions.
0: That's, that's your – that was your whole point. You're angry – about hockey not being interesting to anybody, but you. I know. So
4: that's that's my
0: reaction, Eric to that. Bedard go ahead Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard.
4: You're trying to be a hockey <laughs> guy and you get the wrong name
0: Wait Eric Bedard was a baseball player I right He was an actor Did, Didn't Eric I, Bedard yeah, play for like so. the Baltimore Orioles Somebody look that up for me and make me look smart <laughs> Eric Bedard, I want to say was a baseball player for the Baltimore Orioles Dustin Star Well Wars. the
6: NHL All-Star game is also not a very good game anymore because it's very complicated to follow and you don't know the guys you can barely they the you know play in the jersey of your you know the sweater of the team you actually represent and not in some jersey that they're trying to push to get money for. Um, I'd be shocked, David, if this 6.28 number is the same next year, unless they change the game again. I think curiosity always, it was Sunday afternoon. There wasn't much else going on. It was it was Ohio State-Michigan, two unranked Big Ten teams you know, waiting to lead you into Pebble Beach golf. I mean, there wasn't much else to consume on Sunday at that point. And the all-star game was played at 11 o'clock in the morning. The NHL all-star game, 11 a.m. They dropped the puck. It's not a really a great TV time to start an all-star game. So that's my answer to the question.
0: Eric Joseph Bedard is a Canadian former professional baseball pitcher. And as I suspected, he did pitch for the Baltimore Orioles. Lefty also played for the Pirates. So Eric Joseph, Canadian, um, I actually enjoy, here's what I enjoyed about watching the pro bowl. I only watched a little bit of it and I I just wasn't down for the whole thing either, but I like seeing their faces. You never see NFL players faces like to, like it's the only sport where you don't get that part of their personality. And I just thought that that was kind of a, a big deal to me, actually seeing their reactions, seeing what's actually going on underneath the helmet. So that was a fun part. And that like the answer to this is simple. It's like, the, the, the amazing NFL can put on a flag football game and profit in a big way and have 6.28 million viewers while nobody really knew it was going on in the NHL. It's sad, but true. And David, I don't know what the world has to do to get hockey back up to the top where you believe it, it belongs.
5: I feel like that's kind of a, a condescending question.
6: Oh Aaron Rodgers condescending Wow, what's your reaction to Aaron Rodgers saying he plans to spend four days in dark isolation after the Super Bowl to determine whether to retire or not or whether he wants to play for the Packers or someone else is Rodgers the next big NFL quarterback domino to fall
0: is, is he going to be in in the hole like in movies and there's like, you get 10 days in the hole boy. <laughs> <laughs> is is that where he's going? I don't know. I mean, it just I don't know. I, I mean, I'm all for taking care of yourself. I mean, I'm the guy who, for several years in a row, I would go with my dad to a silent retreat. It was this this Catholic Jesuit thing, and my dad loves it. So I would go to this thing with him in Barrington, and you literally you can't you don't talk for three days. You just listen, and you're around, and it's all it's a, it's all men. It's a men's retreat. So I I have done such things, but not. If they turn the lights off, I'd be like, turn the lights back on.
6: I I mean, talk about keeping somebody in the dark. This is so bizarre. It it reminds me, and I don't want to ruin, like, if anybody watched um, Yellowstone, there's a a part of Yellowstone where somebody takes a a break and goes on a retreat. I'll just leave it at that because it's still too fresh of a show, and I don't want to ruin anything. But it's just so weird like you know visions and darkness and i want to know where this is how much this costs and i want to know all the rules
4: yeah most people go dark and they turn off their cell phones that's what it means this guy goes into a cave enough already the best part about this is that four days without an aaron Rodgers headline we all could use that amen I'm intrigued by your silent retreat, though, Cody. Yeah. We need to get into we that We could definitely later. get into that, for But we sure. need to get into the extra point next. Mark Grody in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Set up this extra point.
1: It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
6: As LeBron James secured his legacy as the NBA's all-time leading scorer, what is his signature? And if you would have plopped, him in Michael Jordan's place during the 90s. Would the Bulls have won six championships?
4: Got to be a Jordan comp there, right? There's got to be a Jordan comp if you're going to mention LeBron. I think that the, the thing that LeBron James did in terms of a signature, it's not necessarily a move on the court, but when you associate uh, something with him and his legacy in a career, I think it would be player movement. I think it would be the way that players want to freely move from team to team. Maybe ring chasing is a way to look at it. Because when he went from, you know, Cleveland to Miami mm-hmm. and then Miami back to Cleveland and then Cleveland to the lake, or, you know, all this moving around, he did it with one singular purpose in mind. And that was, where can I win a title? Who can I bring with me? And how conducive is it to a, to, to winning? And so that empowered other players to maybe follow suit. I, I don't know if that's maybe... All LeBron, but I think that he's certainly at the forefront of that. And anybody that retires, whenever he does so, with three NBA titles in three different places, and he's the biggest reason for each of those titles. That to me is his greatest legacy. He doesn't have a signature move. He doesn't have a sky hook. He doesn't have the the Dirk Nowitzki jump shot, as he referred to you know, the 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 style or anything like that. The tomahawk dunk on. The, the breakaway might be as much as, much as what we, we know him for, and that's what he referred to as well. As for plopping him in the midst of the Bulls dynasty, that's an interesting question because does he go away for two years like, or two seasons like Michael Jordan did? Would LeBron have played the entire decade, and how many would they have won if he had been in Chicago at the time? It's a fun hypothetical. It's unrealistic, but I don't know that he wins six. I think he might win four or five. I think they still win the championships with LeBron in that role on those teams, but I don't think it's as memorable. I don't think it's as epic, and certainly not as classic in terms of the dynasty uh, element of it. Maybe you don't have six, but maybe you do have four, and they're spaced out over several seasons.
6: He's a great competitor. He wants to win. There's no doubt about that, that he wants to win. Uh, He always likes to refer back to that, you know, I want to be a guy who gets my teammates involved. That's something Jordan was not worried about. Okay, Michael Jordan wasn't worried about getting his teammates involved. He was worried about scoring points and winning games. Not even scoring, winning games, but in order to win games, got to score points. Okay, What he did last night, it's a good achievement, but it's a longevity award. Th- that's what that was. That was a that was a longevity award. As De- I, Grody, who pointed, out? one of you guys pointed out, he's only won one scoring title. Right.
0: Jordan has ten.
6: Right. I mean, so I mean, it's just it, to me, it's not comparable. And um, a friend of the show, friend of the program, friend of your guys, uh, you know, what's that comparable? Michael one, Jordan, and LeBron James, t- ten and one. Ten is greater. Than, ten is greater than one. Six is greater than four. And too. six is greater than four. Yeah. Then we can get into 6'5. Kendall, David? Kendall Gill. We can get into Kendall Gill's 6'5 club. Five club. What, what yeah, the, I love Kendall. Okay. I, I love it too. I, and, and you know who else is part of the 6'5 club? Kareem. Right? I just say, he, listen, he's good, all timer. You, you know, why did he need to swear last night on, on TNT? Didn't like that. What, 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 why do you need to do that? Michael Jordan would have never done that. <laughs> Michael Jordan did, did, did plenty of things that aren't great on the court, <laughs> off the court. That people wouldn't necessarily be proud uh. of. But I mean, and, and LeBron's, from what I could, has lived lived pretty clean. And Jordan would have had a spiffier suit.
0: Oh, absolutely. God, we're the worst, man. Like, cause I'm with you, Dustin. And I, I'm very uncomfortable with it, too, that we all sit back. Thanks. the way we judge LeBron through Michael with the. LeBron, or Michael never would have done that. He obviously never would have done that. God, we do that, and I am absolutely guilty of it. I'll start with the second part of this question. Um, if, if you would have dropped him in Michael Jordan's place during the 90s, would the Bulls have won six championships? And this does come back, ironically, because he's now the all-time points leader, is LeBron would have had a score a lot more than, than he, you know, to, to the point of having just one scoring title, you would have had, like, see, that's why I, you I would have had a pickup pip. And, that, and I don't know if that would
4: have been well, and, and, but, well, that's why I resist your comparison, like 10 to 1. LeBron James never did, he never scored that much that often because there were other aspects of his game he wanted to develop more. He never really considered himself, as he said, a scorer
0: as much as he was a facilitator, a playmaker. Here's another thing that I wonder too. Like, if you're gonna play the what if game, would would LeBron have been better with that group of misfit bulls when he first came? Like when Orlando Woolridge was there and what was it, Dave Corzine was still there at the end of his career? Uh, the David Mon or David Greenwood and all these, Quentin Daly, like would would LeBron James have restored more order with that group, getting them more involved? I think that's interesting to look at that as well. Um, LeBron James securing his legacy as the NBA's all-time leading scorer. What is his signature? Man, size and strength, if that if that can be a signature. I mean, we've never seen anything like that in terms of, I mean, I you mean, know, Magic, would, to, to some degree, had, had that frame, but not close to LeBron. So, size and strength. And I also thought that. After what he did going to Miami, it was really well put by you that he did kind of make it okay to put together super teams. I mean, team guys were doing that, but he made it okay to to do something like that. But coming back to Cleveland and winning that title after what he did in Miami, that to me is is was signature stuff. That was the biggest one. Uh, yet. Absolutely. Yeah, that was his probably crowning
4: achievement going back to his hometown. What do you think? Would LeBron have won six titles with the Bulls in the nineties? Also, what should the Bulls do as the trade deadline nears tomorrow where we are within, oh, uh, about 36 hours or closer than that the, to the NBA trade deadline? The Bulls losers last night. Three-game winning streak snapped. What should they do now? AK, on the clock, give us your thoughts. 312 644 67 Mark Grody in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw. Chicago Sports
1: Radio, 670 The Score. I don't necessarily feel like we're, like, ways off right now from where we were last year. I really don't, even though the record's flipped a little bit because some of those games went our way. And I think for our tourists, he's not looking at, oh, Memphis, oh, Portland, oh, the Clippers, boy, you know. No, I think he's looking at it from a a very overhead view. You know, of, of the team, and to your point, I, my guess would be that it would have to make sense to help our team get better and make sense in terms of deal and you know what what would be going on and all those kind of things. Uh, but I do agree with you that 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 we, I, I mean, you know who you are because we know where we get we know the things we gotta get better at, you know. And if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you need to get better. Welcome back, Mully Ha, Chicago Sports Radio
4: six seven the score. Mark Grody in for Molly today. That was Billy Donovan talking about the. Trade deadline, which is Thursday afternoon and where the Bulls might be headed and what they are thinking at this stage of the season. He's right. You get 50 games in, you got to know who you are. I don't think anything that's happened in the last week in retrospect now, Mark Grody, they won three in a row. They lose last night in Memphis. I don't think that AK sitting down before tip-off and thinking, well, what I'm going to watch over the next four quarters is going to dictate the course of my trade deadline. I don't think he's thinking... If 3 hits I'm three, I'm, blow, I'm not going to blow it up. Or if he misses and somebody else rebounds, I'm blowing it up. I don't think it's that close. They've got to know what direction they're headed. And I think their activity or inactivity or the lack of trade rumors might reflect that. So my sense is that I would be surprised. I would be very surprised if they blow it up, as they say, if one of the big three is on the way out. I
0: would be shocked. So you think they, they, they know who they are and they like it?
4: I think they know who they are, and they're going to try to supplement that. I think they know who they are, and they're going to try to improve well, well, that. You know, go- when you are inconsistent, you can do co- a couple different things. You can get frustrated and start over, or you can accept that reality and try to improve it. I think they're going to do the latter only because this is a regime that when they took over, what did we want them to do? Be bold, be aggressive, make change. They have been. And they have been. So I don't know that they pivot from, let's look at the Vooch trade. Disastrous almost. Two first-round draft picks. He's been, been kind of a guy he'll gets you 28 and 17, but I don't know that that's worked out as well as you had hoped. Still. I think they're going to see this through. I think they're going to see what they can, if they could turn this around. Even though they might know after 50 games, they are the model of inconsistency.
0: Do you think that, or agree with the premise that the Bulls would be way better if Lonzo Ball was playing? Oh, I totally agree with that, but I have blocked that out of my memory, and I'm more likely to
4: talk about Matt Nagy than Lonzo Ball.
7: (laughs)
0: Put him on the hate list. But no, hate I don't hate Lonzo so Ball wait, at all. On. Nagy, no, you hate the Pro no. Bowl, and Lonzo.
4: Here's what I hate. Got it. I hate using Lonzo Ball as the crutch for oh, everything that's wrong with the Bulls. I know, but
0: wait a minute. I'm going to blow your mind here. Would it really be that hard to find another Lonzo Ball? That Lonzo Ball means a lot to the Bulls, and he's a good, not great, NBA player. I don't think he's ever been an all-star. Okay. G- g- can't, can't you find – like, if that's really – If that's really what has been illing the Bulls since about the All Star break last year, can't can't you find that skill set someplace else? And I know it's not just anybody, but if they truly are Alonzo Ball away from winning two or three playoff series, why don't they go find another Alonzo Ball?
4: Theoretically, you're right. Realistically. You're wrong. Why? Why? Because, you said that. Because theoretically, like- yeah, you go out and you get somebody who can organize the offense, who can spread the floor and play tenacious defense, and that is the guy you, you get to set the tone. Realistically, you're paying him $20 million a year. If you go out and get the Lonzo Ball light version, it's still going to be roughly $20 million a year, and you don't have that kind of salary cap space. It's not realistic to trade any assets that you don't have for a player like that, so you are stuck because of his physical limitations.
0: Yeah, but wouldn't it be worth the dough? I mean, re- really, if if they think, and, and you think, even though you hate talking about Lonzo Ball, you think the Bulls would be a lot better if Lonzo Ball was here. And, I, I, and if the Bulls don't do anything at the break of major consequence, and they don't do anything in the offseason of consequence, then they are – they are telling you that they're keeping this core together because they believe they can find that guy that can put them back over the top and look like they did for the first 40 games of the season last year when we were celebrating after every win. I'm going to give that
4: that some more thought, Mark Grody. I'm going to ponder that a little bit more. But I'm going to go right now to the score listener line, powered by BetQL, BetSmart to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com and we find Jake, who is in Decatur. Jake, welcome to the Mullen Haw Show.
3: Hey, great conversation this morning, guys. I'm really enjoying it. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, hey. uh, I think inadvertently, in in my mind, when you were talking about you know LeBron James jumping teams, chasing rings, and you know it wasn't just him. He got this whole deal going with Brady. You know Rodgers. I want to go in the dark for four days. Who cares? Whatever. But like Brett Favre, all these guys, nobody wanted to hang it up. But Jordan's the only one that ever hung it up because he wanted to play a little bit of baseball wanted to do what he wanted to do, and then came back and was a champ three more times. These other guys, that's what everybody wants. And I think Michael Jordan inadvertently started this, you know, guys not wanting to hang it up. They're going to go to this other team, or I'm sick of playing for this. I want to go like Odell Beckham Jr., just ring chasers. Jordan did it, but he did it inadvertently. Does that make sense?
4: I Thanks for the phone call, Jake. I think that's interesting because essentially what he's saying is that Michael Jordan was – the first proverbial ring chaser, except for he was chasing it back with his old team. Mm -hmm. He was going back to play, back to Chicago, back to the Bulls, because that was the clearest path to a championship, which is what maybe other players saw in the decades to follow, and they thought, well, geez, if he can can orchestrate this return, if he can choreograph this championship, so can I.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and it makes me wonder, too, about LeBron, what I was thinking. I know he wants to see, you know, Bronny play and play so LeBron's thirty-eight. He scored thirty-eight points last night. He's still a terrific player. Is he gonna is he gonna make it to where Tom Brady wanted to go? Because Tom Brady wanted to be the guy that played professional sports until he was forty five years old. How how old do you think LeBron is gonna be when he retires? And if he retires when he's forty six or forty seven, are we going to be able to defend Michael Jordan?
4: Anymore? LeBron James will retire as soon as he completes his first season with his son on the roster, and that is going to happen. He will stick around long enough to have Bronny as a rookie in the NBA, and then LeBron will walk away. Is is Bronny good enough to play NBA? I, I, I haven't been tracking Bronny. He's a McDonald's All American. Okay, he's year. a McDonald's All American. He's so so. He's Wait a Top minute. You,
0: wait, wait, wait. You could be so-so and be a McDonald's all Oh, yeah. American? You know
4: why? Because his value is in his brand. Oh, Lord. Is that what they've
1: done? He is now
4: – wherever he goes to college, he will make roughly – the estimates
1: are $7 million through NIL. Oh, no. He currently so, has right now the highest NIL salary overall of a non-college player. Don't
0: be hating on Brownie. That pisses me right off, though, to hear that. To hear that Why? That it's, there's politics involved? At the, I always thought that that was – I'm so naive. I thought that that was a – McDonald's? Pure yeah, the McDonald's All-American thing. You're telling me he's a – I've never heard that in my life. He's a so, so McDonald's All-American. I thought that that, that meant you were spectacular.
1: I mean, he's not going to be like a top five pick, probably, unless he balls out in his freshman year. Did but LeBron I mean-
0: make a call, Brandon? Is that what, what happened here? Let's get down to it.
1: I mean, he already got some good deals with, like, Beats and all this other stuff. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's even more
4: famous in college as an athlete, potentially, than Arch Manning, who is the other guy who now has, I think the Texas quarterback to be, has $4 million in NIL. Arch. That's right. That's his name, I think Bronny has
1: around, like, seven or six. Yeah, it's
4: seven. Yeah, it's seven. Bronny's Bronny's for real. Get used to it. Wait, where's Bronny
0: going to college?
4: He hasn't decided yet. Here's the answer, Grody. Yeah. Wherever he wants. Yeah. Wherever I wonder what
0: he's contemplating. He where where, where didn't, Don't ask what he's going to major in. Wasn't okay. LeBron going to go to Ohio State? So
3: that's, maybe That's he one of Bronies. Is, is it? Ohio State. See, yes. that would
0: be a Dorbs. Like, if he carried on what, what his. <laughs> well, LeBron never got to do. LeBron never got to play in college. And what a gaping hole. He's going to do. It, it was in his career. Yeah. Probably. Be going to do. Ohio State, even without...
1: USC, Oregon.
0: Nope, are nope. his top three choices. Oregon. Nike. Oregon paying well these days. Yeah. Yeah. Got to figure um, that out. It's a Nike thing. But no Duke on that list sheet. The mighty ah. the mighty Mike Krzyzewski. He's gone. He's gone. John so, Shire. The Shire. We'll see how good this is, Shire. It might, you might have been better off being somebody we just talked about for this job. <laughs> you can't get Bronny Braun to come there.
4: All right, Mark Grody, you are here. You are the Bears' sideline reporter. We have to talk football. It is Super Bowl week, by the way. We've gotten this far into the show. We need to look at some of those storylines, Bears and otherwise. We'll do that. When we get back, it's Mullen Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score.
1: Bears.